Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. How you guys doing today? <laughs> sound like I sound right now. So I'm a little under the weather, but guess what? I'm ready to preach God's word. Are you guys ready to hear from God this morning? Come on, somebody. Always God does something great when you're sick, you know? It's like, just get out there and go. Uh, but man, I'm excited. My voice bothers you. I'm sorry. Um, it's been this week for like a week now, but I'm excited to see what God is going to do. And we're going to dive into our, uh, they're laughing at me like, this poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I told Diane if I lose my voice, I'll just act it out, you know, like charades, and Diane, can, she can talk. Um, but I'm excited to see what God's going to do this morning. Some of you guys are just doing crazy stuff with your finances, selling stuff, paying off debt, man, cutting up their credit cards, uh, thinking about your money in advance with this thing called a budget. Uh, you guys are just doing awesome stuff, just following God's plan. And so I want to encourage you guys to stay on that path. Um, I know some of you guys are doing that, just getting a little weird in the house. And I don't know about Americans, but man, we just live paycheck to paycheck. And this morning we're going to dive in to this idea of, of just living for stuff. And uh, we dive into a different principle every single week. And if you're new with us, um, you know, we're asking God to do something in your life. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. And uh, I can look back at my story and what God's been doing through my finances. And it's drawn me closer to Jesus. And so I want to encourage you throughout this series to lean in. Uh, I know it's like we're talking about money. You're like, man, I don't know about this. Uh, but, man, God has got something special for you. Your money's tied directly to a heart. Who knows that your money and your heart are connected. And God wants to have your heart. And so we're diving into different principles. First, we can talk about a, a debt-free life, so a life that trusts God completely. I mean, being content in everything. Like, he can have it all. Like, I don't need all this stuff. And second, we can talk about a debt-free life saves money consistently. Uh, that we're going to put money aside for the famine when we're in the harvest. Because, man, who knows, life is going to happen. Uh, last week, we talked about a debt-free life stewards God's money. Man, we're gonna, God owns everything. Like, we don't own any of it, and so we're going to steward what he's given us. We're not going to forget the blesser, the one that gives us everything in our life. And today we're going to talk about this, and you're going to like this, but a debt-free life lives like nobody else. If you're a Dave, if you're a Dave Ramsey th- fan, this is his saying, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. What's this mean? That means you're going to live like nobody else today. You're going to live on beans and rice. You're going to live below your means. You're going to sell everything, and the kids are going to think they're next. Amen? You're going to downsize. You're not going to buy the nicest thing that you can afford. You're going to buy a little less. You're going to save some money. You're not going to buy the biggest house and live in debt. You're going to get rid of your Sally Mae little pet. You're going to move on, and you're going to live like nobody else, so one day you can live like nobody else. I mean, who wants to retire? Come on, somebody. Who wants to be able to bless their children with some inheritance? Who wants to bless their kids with paying for some of their college? Who wants to show up to the dealership and be like, cha-ching, there's some cash. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, can you do that? Is that real? Like, can people, yes, you can. Like, who wants to pay off the loan? You want to live like somebody else one day. And so today we have some discipline in our life so we don't just live like everybody else. It's so easy to live like everybody else. Three quarters of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That means three quarters of Americans are living just like everybody else. They're spending more than they can make. They're swiping their credit card. Man, they want it now, so they buy it. You know, this is crazy that $2 million will flow through your fingertips as a family in America. But only there's over 40 million families who haven't saved a dime for retirement. I mean, you think about never planning for the future. Matter of fact, I read a stat that said that the average person retires like $17,000. I was like, What? Like, how's this been possible? Like, what, what are we doing with what God has given us? I'm telling you this message has a like, huge potential to change your life this morning. Massive potential. But today's message is going to be one of those easy, this message easy to kick off. Like, oh, preacher, that was so good. Somebody say, so good. So good. That was so good, preacher. I loved it. Oh, come on. Do you preach? Dan, what a great sermon today. But you walk here going, ah, yeah, that was good, but that wasn't for me. 
So he wants easy messages to shake off. Who knows, we're talking about like living less than means, but guess what's coming up? Christmas, come on somebody, too soon? You're going to buy all this stuff you don't even know you need. You're going to spend all the money going to debt. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you ladies are going to go to Target, and Target's going to speak to you. You know what I'm talking about. You go down the aisles, and all of a sudden, like, I didn't know I needed this. You start dumping your cart, and before you know it, you're three or $400 poorer. And um, this is how it goes. As a matter of fact, I was working with somebody yesterday at that project, and um, I'm not going to say it was Kyle Spratt. And uh, <laughs> his wife texted him, Target spoke to me. <laughs> Target spoke to me. We're, I didn't know what I got, but we, we, we spent a lot of money. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Because uh, this happened to me this week as well. Like, we went to Target to buy two totes. And uh, we went to Target and spoke to me and Diane. And we spent like 3 or $4 dollars and we got home. And well, guess what we forgot to buy? The two totes. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Like, you're like, man, what? It's just speaking. Like, here, buy this. Like, what do I need this stuff? I mean, so, like, this message is going to be so easy, like, to hear and go, I agree, but it's going to be so hard to apply in your life. It's going to shake it off today. So, today we're going to talk about stuffitis. We're going to talk about getting rid of the stuff in our life. And we've talked about this already once, but I just think it's so powerful to talk about again from a different perspective. But, man, get rid of the weight and the burden we carry that really keeps us from following and honoring God because we're in love with our stuff. We have to have everything in our life. The key thought today is this. If you live like nobody else, you have to have less of what matters. You have to have more of what, what matters and less of what doesn't matter. You have to have more of what matters in your life and less of what doesn't matter. You've got to find the most important things. Here's the problem is that the culture screams for us to have more. That's really what's inside of our heart. If we had more, then we'd be happy. If we had more, we'd be fulfilled. Matter of fact, you can go back to Genesis. And you can see the story of Adam and Eve. And Adam was created by God intimately and opened his eyes to Jesus. And when he, when he first opened his eyes, saw Jesus. And, and then he names all these animals. And he's like, oh, where's my helper? You know, where's my helper? He's named all the animals. And so God puts him to sleep, takes out his rib, and informs Eve. And Adam wakes up, and he goes, whoa, man. All right, that's a good pastor joke. We're going to keep working on that. Give me a pity laugh. Come on, do something, right? So anyway, that's where we got the name one. But anyway, that's old, that's old joke. I'm going to keep using it because it's just like classic, so we've got to keep doing it. But anyway, so, so here's Adam and Eve, and they were naked and unashamed, and uh, he, God told them to be fruitful and multiply. Come on, somebody. I mean, that's like the greatest day in human history, right? Like, I'm just going to help your marriages right now. Be fruitful and multiply. No amens. All the guys in this know better, I guess. I don't know what's going on. Um, but then he, made, then he made this one rule, because I love that God is not a God of just rules. He just had one rule. He said, I blessed you with all this stuff, all of this around you can have, but this one thing, this one tree, just don't eat this one tree. And then the Satan came in, the serpent, and it says this in Genesis 3, 1, it said, did God really say, did he really say that? Like, just a little seed of doubt. Like, are you, do you think God was really serious? Like, did he really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Like, why is that? Like, are you missing out on something? Like, isn't that how the world lives today? Like, if I had what I don't have, then I'd be happy. Like, I need what I don't have. Like, isn't that the sin in our life? Like, if I had that extra thing, then I'd be content. Like, once I had enough money, then I'd be satisfied. Like, once I own that thing, you know what the culture screams? Just more and more and more and more. And today, I don't know about you, but we don't have to have everything around us to be happy. Like, we think we have to have it, but that's just what Satan tells us. And I grew up with this lie in my life. I thought more was always better. More is always better. If I had $1, then $2 was better, right? Like, if I had one pair of shoes, come on, some Doc Martens, because those were cool back in, like, never. But I had some Doc Martens. But if I had two pairs, you know, I was, that was a big show, right? Like, if, if I had one car, that's cool. But if I had two, like, if I had two houses, if I had, like, one wife, then two or Okay, it didn't work that way, right? Like, one kid and then two is, two is better. I'll say two is better, right? But this almost derailed me from following Jesus, 
when I was when I was in high school, like it was all about money. Like I was going to live my life for money. My career choice was about money, and I almost almost pursued wealth and stuff instead of Jesus. And Solomon says this, and we've talked about this verse before, but this is the wisest person. He says this, Ecclesiastes four six. He says better. Somebody say better. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and a chasing after the wind. Man, better is one handful of tranquility. Man, better one handful with peace. Better one handful in joy. Better one handful and can manage your stuff instead of your stuff managing you than two handfuls of toil, the two handfuls of pain, the two handfuls of being in debt. Man, your life is too valuable. Man, your God is too great and your calling is too good for us to waste our life on stuff. To waste our life on stuff. Our, most of our lives center around stuff, our schedules. Man, our paycheck, we know exactly all the stuff we're going to buy before we even get the paycheck. We're excited for the stuff. And I'm just here this morning to remind us that our stuff is not what Jesus wants us to live for. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. Matter of fact, Jesus talks about this in the story. Uh, there's two sons that are excited about their inheritance. And it says this in Luke 12, 15. Jesus talks to them. He says, watch out. Somebody say, watch out. Watch out. Oh, watch out. That's what I want to say there. There you go. You guys got to help me today because I got some issues up here. But, 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 hey, thank you. I like that. It says, but watch out. Be on your guard. Somebody say, be on guard. Be on. Man, you guys are doing good. But be on guard. I mean, what, what are you thinking? Like, what's coming around the corner? Like, be ready to attack. Be, you know, when somebody comes at you, you're gonna, you're gonna know the tricks. You're, you're trained up. You're in shape. Like, there's an enemy that's coming for you. What's, what's lurking behind the corner? You're ready for it. And, and Jesus is, t- is not saying there's a physical enemy that's coming after you. Matter of fact, this is kind of surprising what he says. Is watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Be, be, be on your guard against the love of money because we talked about last week, who knows you can't love God and love money because either one's your master and, and you serve it or your stuff is your master and, and you serve it. Either you own your stuff, your stuff owns you. But he says, be careful, be on guard against all kinds of greed because life does not consist in abundance of possessions. I mean, you guys say this with me. My life, my life does not consist of my stuff. My life does not consist of my stuff. Man, I just changed the whole culture of America right there, right? Like just this, all this stuff, it's all about what can I have, all the gadgets. We don't know where the money went. I mean, Target's is speaking, right? But Satan whispers and the culture's shouting, right? More is better. More, 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 more is better. If I only had, I mean, just missing out on so much. The lie is simple this. What you don't have is what you need. What you don't have is what you need. If you could just have that thing, like just had enough money, if I had that career, like if I had that salary that hit six figures, I've had that new truck. Come on, somebody. Right? If I, if I had that, if I had the house that I want to have, then you'd be happy. And it's just, it's just simply not true. But he says, be on guard. Otherwise, your life will consist of stuff. Be on guard because if you're not on guard, your life will be built on stuff. This word consist means to stand on. I get this mental picture of a guy standing on this mountain of, of, of just, just stuff. Like a hoarder, right? We love those shows, by the way, you know? And you get in there and you can't walk through the house. I just imagine somebody getting all their stuff piled up in their life. And they're on top of it and it's like captioned out, like, happiest life ever. Like, I've got everything. Like, doesn't get better than this. I'm completely satisfied. It says, be on guard, otherwise your foundation of your life will be stuff. Man, I'm the happiest person in the world around my stuff. Who knows that our, we can own possessions, but our possessions can own us. Knows they can own us. I mean, think about how much money we spend in credit card interest alone because we have to have the stuff. And that stuff owns us. We're a slave to that lender. We're a slave to that stuff. And we love our stuff. Imagine just one day without your cell phone. Come on, somebody. Just one day without your phone. Like, we, we, you know, like I wake up, I'm like, I'm holding my phone. 
I slept with my phone. You know, like, what in the world am I doing with this thing? Like, it's just there 24-7. You know, you're on the toilet, like, <laughs> and it doesn't, you know, it's like, who knows, that's where all the work gets really done on the toilet, right? Like, it's all the posting, you know, like, if you really posted what was happening, right? Like, come on. Like, whatever. We could go on the, down the rampage here. But, like, we, we can't live without our stuff. Like, we couldn't, we can't give it up, man. You got the HGTV your life, right? Come on, you're watching Fixer Upper. You're like, add some more shiplap. I mean, you're like getting in debt. You're like, man, I got to make my house look like the chip and chip. Where's my farmhouse sink? You know, like, where's all this stuff I need? You're, you're spending all this money to remodel this stuff. You need it now, right? So you're going to swipe the card. Like, I need it now. I need my stuff, and I'm not going to wait for it. And God's timing, I've got to have it now. You got to get this giant house, and you know what? You have no money for retirement. You have no money saved anywhere else. But you're going to spend it all because you want this stuff. Like, we've been there. We've made these mistakes. It's easy to be possessed by what you own. Or the version of the latest version of your phone, or what car you drive, or, or what you wear. You know, but actually, Jesus, he, he says something kind of crazy. There's actually a story in the Bible of a, a rich young ruler, this young man, and um, he said to him that your stuff owns you. And he says it in a really interesting way. And Jesus says something to him he, he never says anywhere else in the Bible. And the thing is so interesting what Jesus tells him. It's found in Matthew 19. He says, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? This is what the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Like, what do I got to do? What, like, good thing. I've got to earn this. Like, am I good enough for it? What do I got to do? And Jesus says, well, just keep the commandments. He goes, well, what commandments? And Jesus says, well, don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Love your neighbor as yourself. He's like, got that. No problem, Jesus. Like, I've kept all the commandments. I'm just going to throw this out. You really can't keep all the commandments. That's the point. <laughs> but he thought he did. So he told Jesus, like, man, I've got that. What else, is there anything else I have to do? What one thing do I lack? And Jesus said this in Matthew 19, 21. He said, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, because you're obviously perfect, because you follow the commandments. But if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give it to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This rich young ruler couldn't let go of his stuff. You know what's amazing about this? Even if Jesus, even if you were perfect in every area of your life, Jesus just gave him one requirement. He said, if you were to sell your stuff and follow me, then you'd be perfect. Like you could have everything else figured out in your life, but if your stuff controls you, you're missing it. And Jesus told him that you're, you, could, you could have all, you follow all the commandments. You're righteous in every way, but you're willing to give up your stuff. Like you can have your whole life right and love stuff and still miss it. Like, we can put our stuff in front of God. Jesus knew his stuff possessed him. His heart was in love with his stuff. He found his value. He found his status. He found his identity. He found his worth in all of his stuff. And so Jesus, he comes to me, I can't sell my stuff, Jesus. Like, I'm perfect in every way, but that stuff is so important to me. It's more valuable than the poor that I was going to give it to. It's more valuable than the treasure in heaven. And honestly, Jesus, it's more valuable than you. Like, I can't really follow you because I've got this stuff. And so stuff robbed him from his greatest possession, which was Jesus. Because Jesus wanted to walk with him, but his stuff kept him from walking. And who knows when Jesus says, come follow me, your answer is, yeah, you can have that. Like, you can take my boat. Who knows that? When Jesus asks for your stuff, you're like, Jesus, you can take it. But for so many of us, man, our hearts are wrapped around our stuff. I told you I was 18 years old. It was all about stuff. Like, so I had to have enough stuff. And once I had enough stuff, then I can serve God because obviously, like, I can make it on my own. And this is not the truth. You know, I love what this, this, this comment, you never know what idols you have until Jesus asks you to give them up. You never know what idols you have until Jesus asks you to give them up. So this question is like simple, like, would you be willing to give up your stuff? Like if Jesus said, you got everything figured out, but hey, that stuff, would you sell it? Like, man, man, what a thought. See, there's nothing wrong with having things, it's just wrong with the things have you. 
Does the thing have you? Does it, do you? Are you a slave to that thing? You have to have it. Is it your identity wrapped up in that stuff? When I sold my business and, 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 and liquidated all this stuff and, and, and moved on from it, everybody kept asking me, how do you get out of that business? Well, it doesn't own me. <laughs> okay? It doesn't own me. I own the business. But so for so many people, you can't get out of the business because the business owns you. Is there a possession that you possess, but it's possessing you? Is there a possession that you possess that's possessing you? If, if God called you to give up your lifestyle, would you be willing to do it? If God said, man, I need to downsize to follow me, just sell your stuff and give it to all the poor. I'm not saying God is asking you to do that. I'm just asking, are you willing to do that? Because that's what Jesus tells him. Like, man, I'm doing so good, all this Christian stuff. I'm going to church. I'm my Bible, my life group. And then he says, well, that's great, but are you willing to give up your stuff? Your stuff, I mean, it's so important. I mean, you think about all the stuff we put ourselves, look at this, he missed his calling. Look at Matthew 19, 29. His destiny was missed. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or fields, what he says is like, hey, if you've left your, if you left your home, if you left your shelter, it was comfortable, if you left your family or you left relationships, if you left your fields, if you left your job for my sake, you'll receive a hundred times as much. I mean, who knows, that's a good investment. <laughs> You receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, but those who are many that are last will be first. Man, think about the rich young ruler, because that's the title of him in this in this world. Like the rich young ruler is rich and he's young and he's a ruler here on earth, because he has it all. But in heaven, if you if you follow this plan it didn't change, he'd be poor in heaven and not a ruler. Matter of fact, if you read the passages between what I just read, there's a lot in about, like in the, in the heaven, you have authority given to you based on how you live on earth. And so if you live it for yourself in heaven, even though you're first on earth, you can be last in heaven. And I just want to just say, like, you could be rich here, but be poor there. Like, you could manage everything here and manage very little there because you don't love Jesus with your stuff. He said, in other words, God is calling us to live like no one else so we can live like no one else. Amen. God's calling us to put him above our stuff. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, how do you live like no one else? Like, how do you love Jesus more than your stuff? And I'm going to give you three simple ways to do it. And the first thing is real simple. Just throw it out. <laughs> just throw it out. You got to throw it out like your life depends on it. You got so much stuff, you don't even know what you do with your stuff. I'm the same boat. Like, I put it in the attic. I put it in the sub-basement. I put it in the shed. I put it in the garage. You got stuff everywhere, right? St stuff in your car. You clean your car. I didn't even know I had this stuff, you know? Like, I have five of these things. I had no idea. Why do we hold on our stuff so much? Well, we paid good money for it, right? At one point, we're like, that was a lot of money. Like, I'm going to pay for that. Or it's sentimental, like that, that ribbon that your kid won, like, in, you know, when they were, like, three years old. It's like, I got to keep that. Or that first drawing or, you know, just some sentimental value to you. Or maybe there's a fear that, like, you'll need it one day. Like, my dad, like, he says all the time, like, you never know when you're going to call in the middle of the night and you need whatever it is. So I'm going to hold on to it, like that one-inch piece of two-by-four, you know? Like, you never know when you need a doorstop, you know? But, I mean, you haven't used that stuff in years, you haven't used it in years. Matter of fact, there's, there's pants that you have in your, in your closet or in your dresser that you haven't worn since MC Hammer wore them. Like, seriously. Like, there's no, it's like, you're not going to wear that. Like, even if it fits, you're not going to wear it. Like, just give it away. Like, bless somebody else. Just throw it out. Like, give it to somebody. I mean, Marie Kanto, that sucker, you know? They said, thank you for this and go out of my life. I don't need you. I mean, just get rid of the stuff in your life. We try to practice this idea. If you get one, give one. If you get one, give one. If you get something, if you, if you buy a new pair of shoes, just get rid of a pair of shoes. Like if you buy a new shirt, give a shirt. And Diana are passionate about getting this stuff. Diana, we would have, I mean, seriously, she's like ready to be a missionary. And like, I would get rid of everything. Like, we don't need this. Like, we're cleaning stuff out. Like, you can get, you, you give away 200 items in like five minutes. I mean, you're thinking there's no way. You can clean your house out and give away so much stuff. And so we've gone through our house room by room, said, we don't need this, we don't need this. And the more we do it, the more we just get rid of it because like one day somebody's just going to throw our stuff out anyway, right? 
Like, why do I keep all this stuff? And we, we, we give away cars, give away clothes, furniture, supplies, just passing through. Like we try to cheer kids. If you buy a toy, we give away a toy away. They don't like that. I don't care they don't like that. <laughs> we don't need more stuff. You don't play, you play at the box anyway. Let's get real, right? I mean, give your treasures away. Go bless somebody else. Bless the trash company. Come on, somebody. Just be a blessing to the trash company. I mean, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. I mean, I'm going to live like nobody else today. Same thing is to buy less. I mean, 62% of people actually get happy and cheered up by shopping. Like, they're literally, like, there's just like a moment of, like, I bought this. It's new. It's fresh. Ooh, it's shiny. Like, Target's speaking to me. I feel excited. Like, they go buy that next thing at the store. I mean, you get Target therapy. I mean, I go to a store. I always joke around. That they always ask me, like, man, did you find everything you're looking for? It's like, and more. And more. Like, I didn't even know I needed this. Like, that's how awesome it is. Like, I didn't even know I need this in my life. And you know, you get that, you get the toy for your kid and they don't care about the toy for like five seconds. And we spend more than we make, but we feel way better about it, right? Because we're happy about spending. But Psalmist says this, he said in Psalm 119, he says, cause my heart to bow before your words of wisdom and not to the wealth of the world. Like Jesus, I want to follow you. Like I don't want to follow all the stuff in this world. Help me turn my eyes away from the illusions. I, mean, I love that idea. Help me turn my eyes away from all this, this fictitious things I fall in love with, all the meaningless things, so I can pursue only what is true. I mean, I don't get to the point in my life where, like, Jesus is enough for me. Like, I don't need all this stuff. Like, my goal isn't to have the biggest or the best or the newest or the shiniest or more of. Like, I just want more of Jesus. Like, I want to be the point in my life where, like, Jesus, you're enough for me. Like, I don't have to be in debt to satisfy some craving in my life that I can't fill with stuff. Like, Jesus, I want you to be the center of my life. I don't be in love with my stuff at all. If you come to me and say, hey, can I have your boat? Can I have your house? Can you, can you give to somebody else? Because there's some poor people that need some help. There's some riches in heaven you're going to get, by the way. But if you want to follow me, you better get rid of your stuff because all the disciples, they left their stuff on the beach. They left their boat and their nets. And they said, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, whatever you got. A missionary friend of mine told me one time, he said, you don't know Jesus until you have to eat out of his hand. You don't know what it's like to follow Jesus until you give him everything. You don't know what it's like. And stuff is the lowest form of entertainment. I was watching the, uh, Steve Rennell's, he has a show called Meat Eater. It's like a hunting show. And it's, it's really cool, but he, he made this comment. He said, uh, roller coasters are like the cheapest form of entertainment. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? He goes, you go back three years, you know, like think back three years ago. You know, no one ever goes like, man, that roller coaster ride was amazing. I loved it. Like, when's the last time you look back in your life and like, oh, man, I love buying that truck. It's so awesome. Like, when you buy stuff, it's like the cheapest form of fulfillment. Like, it just lasts for like five seconds. It doesn't really matter. No one ever goes back and goes, man, I was, that 54-inch flat screen was amazing. Like, oh, man, I, just so, I wish I could do that again. Like, that's never what we do in life. Man, think about this. Choose experiences over things. Like, if you're going to, like, instead of like spending your money, like buy experiences, like do something that you, like think about this, like ask your kids when they get older, like what was their favorite memory growing up? What was your favorite memory? Think about your favorite memory. My mom was going down to Lake the Ozarks and water skiing and hanging out with my family. But what's your favorite memory? What's your favorite memory going to be for your kids? And I promise you, you can get older kids, you ask them. They're not going to be like, dad, that one time you bought me the, any funerals I've been to and nobody said, man, my daddy bought me this really cool thing. I love my dad. Nobody ever said that. It's always a memory, a thing. Like for us, our family, we like to go out to the parks. 
Like we find random parks all over the place. Uh, we go out, you know you can feed buffalo and caribou in Kansas City like through a fence. I mean, <laughs> come on, dude. Like over, you know, I had no idea, dude. I lived here my whole life. Like you can hand feed, but they eat carrots. You can buy it by like 50 pounds of carrots. It's, they eat it, it's crazy. So we take our kids out there and we have fun. Then we go to the zoo. Then we, we read our kids 10,000 books 10,000 times over. You know what I'm talking about? You can memorize the book and have snack time with confetti. Yum, <laughs> right? Like, we, we just spend time with our kids, you know? I think about Jack, like, his favorite memory probably to this point is, like, riding in the skid steer with Barry, you know? Like, it's an experience. Like, he was nervous. I put me in there. All of a sudden, he's like, yes, I am man. I'm going to go digging. Matter of fact, the only thing he wants for his birthday is to have a skid steer at his birthday party. So, Barry, you got to get on that one, you know? It's going to be there, though. There's going to be a skid steer, maybe. We'll see, right? It doesn't snow, but it's not going to snow. Maybe, like, more tickles, you know? Like, he just wants, he's like, tickle. he's like, a kid loves being tickled, you know? He has this t- attack. He just goes, attack, and then attacks. And that's like, oh, it's awesome. You know, I think about this wrestling my kid. I, I mean, you think back, you remember, it's like, man, I love those moments. Like, I, you, just want, you just want to continue to have that kind of fun with your family. I mean, go to, he loves going to the lake. He loves, like, I'm going to go to the lake. You ride the jet ski. Like, he loves riding the jet ski, even though he cries sometimes he gets on there. But we go, like, 60 miles an hour, so I understand why he cries. It's cool. He'll get over it. It's fine. But we go fishing. I'm a terrible fisherman. I just go do it to hang out with him. So he plays with the worms, and Diane catches a bigger fish. She didn't do anything for the fish, but caught it. You seriously, I put a pole in. She's holding for three seconds. And then I suddenly hit my line, and then, boom, it hit hers. And she's like, Wow, you're a great fisherman. And then hiking, I love taking the kids hiking. We go on vacations together, drive them down to Florida. You know, I mean, Jack, he said this yesterday, Diane, I thought it was awesome. He said, hey, mommy, can we go shoot off a rocket? Yes, I love you, you're my boy. I love shooting off rockets. I'm like, nerd alert. Man, I'm gonna get my, like, my, uh, my, uh, like that license so you get the bigger uh, engines, you know, like the class D and all that stuff, like big rockets and fuel. And, Okay, I'm just kidding, but I, no, I'm not really. But um, me and Jack are going to shoot off some rockets. I, I mean, I'm just like, dude, I, that's awesome. Man, I think that's amazing. You know, you can't buy the most meaningful things in life. You can't buy relationships. You can't buy hope. You can't buy love. You can't buy an experience. You can't buy laughter. You can't buy happiness. But somehow we spend everything so we can own all this stuff. Just buy less stuff. I mean, the last thing I want to encourage you to do is not just throw it out, not just buy less, but give more. Give more. I, mean, I love what Paul says to Timothy. This is, this is like a secret passage in the Bible. Like, I've never heard this preached. Never thought about this that deep. But it says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, it says, command those who are rich in this present world. I'm just going to stop right there because as soon as I said, command those who are rich, all y'all just thought of somebody else. <laughs> all you're like, you're talking to like my best friend's mom. You're talking to my boss. No, I'm talking to you. <laughs> You're like in the wealthiest, <laughs> sorry, nobody's sitting there. That's amazing. Um, but you're in the wealthiest six to 7%. Dude, I love that. We spill the kids in the front row in youth group. It's fun. Um, that's why it's empty right there. But you're wealthiest top five or 7% of people in the world. If you can order a pizza on your cell phone, you are wealthy. You may not know it, but you're wealthy. You're in the top 7% of the wealthiest people in the world. And so when Jesus is just talking, he says, command those who are rich in the present world. He's talking to us. He's talking to us today. So I want you to, this words to sink in. He says, command those who are rich in this present world. That's us. Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. I told you a secret passage. I, meant, I could preach down the house, which is so uncertain because it is. But put their hope where? Where do you put your hope? Put your hope in God and who, what does he do? Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. We don't feel guilt about what we have. 
don't feel guilty about the experiences we have. Like God has blessed you to have those things, but he says, command them. I love what he doesn't say. He doesn't command them to buy a bunch of stuff, command them to go on Amazon and buy now, like the one click and the you know, next day. You know, he doesn't command us to hoard it all, to fill our life with stuff. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. I mean, what would be different in our life if that was us? Like, you know, instead of owning it all, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to share with people. In, the same, in this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they will make, or they, will, they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I mean, life is not found in the abundance of stuff. Real life is found in generosity. Real life is found in helping other people. I mean, it's not what you can get, because I grew up and I thought more and more and more and more is better, but it's actually what you can give. The older I get, I'm like, what can I give? I want to give more, amen? I want to give more. I'm not saying give it here. I'm just saying I want to be a blessing to other people. I mean, think about stuff. I have no emotional stories of, 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 of getting stuff. Like, oh, man, that Tempur-Pedic mattress? <laughs> Praise God. Like, I don't, you don't ever go back and have that story, right? Like, you don't have that story like, oh, I got the off-white shoes, which I don't own any, but you know what I'm saying? Like, finally got my iPhone 11. Changed my life. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You don't go back. No, you don't share that story. Like, that doesn't happen in your life. I Man, you got that flat screen TV. Man, you have no emotional story of keeping stuff. There's no, emo- there's no emotional story of ha- having the stuff you have. Man, I want you to think, think about the heart for the house. Like, man, I was going to give, but God spoke to me. I took my family out to Jose Peppers. Changed my life. <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't work that way. Like, no one ever did that. Like, upgrade to stainless steel refrigerator. Put the old one in my garage. Knows a lady could have used it. That ice cream. It's cold. Love my stuff. Like nobody ever shares that story. There's no story of stuff there. You don't get anything by keeping it. You don't get God didn't give it to you to keep. God gave it to you to get to somebody else. I have countless stories of generosity. I have countless stories. I was just thinking through stories. I gotta limit the amount of stories. I remember the first time I gave to God at church, and I felt so close to God. Because like I have to trust him. Like, I'm gonna give to you. Like I was a teenager, 16 years old, and I started giving to Jesus. I was like, man, this is great. I can be a part of what he's doing. And I get to be his story. I get closer to him through this. I, mean, I, th- I think about missions trips I went in high school. You know when you go on a missions trip, you don't pack. You pack two luggages because you think you need everything because we have to have our stuff. And I remember just going, I mean, every trip I've been on, you go with two pieces of luggage, but you come back with one. Because you realize you're really wealthy. You don't need to. So I remember going to high school and going on missions trips and literally giving my luggage away to people. Like, you don't need these, these shoes, these dock marks. Here, have those dock marks. Like, have, have this. Like, I, you don't have what I've got. Like, you don't have, you, I'm, I'm so blessed. Like, you, you, can, you can use this. Like, I'm out in college. We had 100 kids in our bus ministry that would come out to this church. And they, they lived, I mean, it was in the, in the, they just came out of the ghetto. I mean, there's no money, poor. I mean, just cockroach-infested homes. Like, I used to visit these kids. I grew these ministry myself, like, going out visiting and bringing kids in. And we paid for a meal every single week for them, every time they came to church. Like, I remember doing that. Like, I remember seeing kids have a meal. Like, seeing kids that come out of the street, like, people are handing babies to us because, like, we do that. You know, like, here, you're on a bus route, take a baby. You're like, like they, they don't get the love and the attention and just give away to these people. I remember 24 years old, we took in foster kids. It's two unique girls in this unique situation. You know what we didn't know? We didn't know that we were foster parents. You got reimbursed. We, we didn't know you got subsidized. We had the kids for two and a half years before you even knew you got paid anything from the state. Like, we just wanted to be a blessing. We had no idea. Like, nobody does it for the money, but it's like, you can get paid for this? Like, wow. 
Like we didn't even know, but we were willing to do it. You know, I remember launching our church, like we went all in on the church, you know? Like we sold a duplex, like we liquidated stuff, we sold things, we, we buckled down and we gave. Like we just went all in, like we have no idea what God is gonna do, but I remember doing it. I remember God using it. I mean, I remember that stuff, like man, what a, a time in our life. I think about the kid we sponsored Newton and get to pay for him every month to have education and, and clean water and, uh, and follow Jesus, be discipled, uh, be in a, a sports league, like have a future to get out of the slum that he's in. Man, we've given away cars. I've given away quite a few cars. I'm not saying their cars are beautiful, okay? They're not, all right? But you give away a car. We give away a Kia Spectre, you know? It's like, hey, it, you know, it doesn't always shift, but it's cool, you know? Like, use it for God's glory. You know how people come to us looking for a car? All the time. There's always somebody needs a car. Well, okay, well, it breaks down, you know? Pick and pull, love it. But, like, we're just gonna bless somebody. Like, it's not ours to keep. It's not ours to keep, you know, yesterday, we... You know what's great? It's when you get to hang out with your kids and you're like, they're young, they don't remember this, but I get to drop a check off to somebody who needs some help. And I just wrote a check for myself and I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna bless this person. Now I, I took, it was Friday, I took my kid out to this, this house. I said, Jack, watch this. You wanna, see, you wanna see what life is all about? So watch this. And so I went up and knocked on the door and they weren't there and I put it in the garage, you know, like slipped in the garage door. Daddy, what are you doing? It's like, dude, we're just blessing people. Like, this is what we do, man. We give. I mean, that legacy. I was thinking like Dave Ramsey telling a story about going to Waffle House on Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up. I was thinking about going to Waffle House, leaving that $100 tip on Thanksgiving to that waitress. I was like, that's speaking to me. I was like, that makes a difference. It's like, we're going to give. We're so blessed. It's just not about our stuff. You know, growing up, I wanted more and more and more and more. And older I just want to give. Like all the stories in my life that we're telling are stories that, that we've been generously a part of. And so I want to encourage us to give back as God has given you. Like we need less of what doesn't matter. We need more of what does matter. We need more of Jesus. We need to bless other people. You know what? Jesus always fed a soul. He always healed somebody. He always loved somebody. He always cared for somebody. Before he told them anything spiritual, he blessed people. Jesus didn't own a house. Jesus, Jesus didn't have any of this stuff. He didn't have retirement. <laughs> Jesus just cared for people and God provided for him. I mean, better is one handful of tranquility. I mean, you were ready to live the one handful of life. Just, I just got enough just to make it through the world, but I'm not living here. Like, this isn't my home. Like, two handfuls of toil. Like, do I, do I need all this stuff just to weigh me down and take my affection away from the things that matter most? All my time is spent just buying more stuff. I work to buy more stuff, but I don't have any of these relationships and the things that matter most in my life and those memories I'm trying to create, those blessings I want to have, but I just don't have enough, but I could if I gave away what I had. It's better to have less of what you don't need and more of what you do. Man, throw it out and live on less. Man, give more. Your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. Your God is too good to sell out. Waste your life with stuff. Man, one, whole, one handful is better. Man, think about it. If you got one hand free, you can help somebody, right? Like somebody needs a hand, you're like, hey, here's a hand up. Like, hey, Jack, here's this check. You don't know what that is? You probably never know what that is. <laughs> if you're younger than 25, you're like, this old guy's talking, you know? But we're gonna bless somebody. Like, we wanna be a blessing to somebody else. Man, if somebody needs encouragement, put their hand around them. You can praise God with the hand open. You say, God, here's my boat. <laughs> here's my stuff, God. You can have it. I'm not gonna follow you. I'm not gonna do it my way. You know, stuff doesn't own my heart, Jesus. You own my heart. I was gonna tell you, just lay your stuff at the feet of Jesus. Just do what he calls you to do. 
Like don't make it an idol. I mean, I choose Jesus. I choose generosity. I choose experiences. I'm not going to hoard my stuff. I'm going to give it back to people. You know what? I think God's calling us to live like nobody else. I think God wants us to live like nobody else because one day in heaven, what you do here is going to matter. And you're going to live like somebody else in heaven. Your riches in heaven, your treasure in heaven, your authority in heaven is based upon how you walk in this world and what you do with your stuff. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray that we wouldn't be about ourselves, God. God, it'd be all about you, God. It wouldn't be about our stuff. God, I pray that we look back and say, man, there's so many stories of generosity. There's so many stories of people's lives being changed. There's so many stories of giving back to somebody that, that, that came out of a slum. There's people that have clothes down, down in the neighborhood in, in, in our city because we gave. There's people that came off the street because we fed them free hot soup. There's people that we loved and they met you, Jesus. Those are the stories we wanna share. Those are the stories that you call us to live. God, remind us that what we have matters, but I give it to you, God, that only you can use it. Our possessions are not gonna possess us, God. That what we have is just a gift from you. So across this room, that those who follow of Jesus say, you know what, I want less of what doesn't matter. I want more of what does. God is calling me to throw some stuff out. God's calling me to buy less, to give more. I want God to use my generosity, to write stories that matter. God, if that's you across the room, just lift your hands high and say, God's calling me to be generous. I see you guys' hands across the room. Maybe this morning, though, those of you that Jesus is calling you to sell something, like stuff in your life that's uh, taking up both your hands. You're living a two-handful life, and you're realizing that God wants your heart, but your stuff is holding you back. This is my story. And today you're going to say, God, you can take it. I surrender to you. If that's you this morning, you're willing to lay your stuff at the feet of Jesus. We just lift your hand high. That's me. I'll lay my stuff at the feet of Jesus. There's just stuff in the way. Dude, Father, forgive me. I come before you, God. Forgive me, God, for making my life about myself. God, for thinking that stuff was the centerpiece of it all. God, I don't want to be first in this world. I don't want to run this race and win. I want to run the race and win. God, help me to give generously because I trust you. God, use my life to change others. God, if you're going to use anybody, use me. Don't let me get to in my life on a mountain of stuff. God, I want to give it to you now. I don't want to be tempted to follow. God, I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want you to be my master and you to be my servant. I don't want to be owned by my stuff. As we keep praying, some of you are going to recognize your life has been the pursuit of stuff of wealth, of the things of this world. It never seems to be enough for you. There are those of you this morning gonna realize you need something way more than this world can provide. You need more than money. You need, you need something that, that only comes from God. You need Jesus himself. Who is Jesus? Jesus is a sinless son of God. He was sent by his father. The Bible says that if God's love the world, he gave. So we serve a generous God who gave his very best. He gave Jesus for us. The Bible says that Jesus became sin on the cross. He paid for every, every wrong, every moment of condemnation, every guilt, every past, present, and future, and died for you on the cross. The Bible says that he died, became a sin for us, literally nailed to the cross. The Bible says that all of God's wrath, all of his punishment was poured on Jesus. He paid our debt. He set us free. And we're no longer alive, or slaves in this world, but we're alive to Jesus when we know him. The Bible says that anybody who calls in the name of Jesus will be saved. And this morning, maybe you're living for this world, but today you say, well, I'm gonna live for Jesus. Like there's a better path because I've made my I've made my home here, but there's a home in heaven I want to live for. And Jesus says, there is a way. And he says, if you call out his name, that he will save you. He'll forgive you. He'll make you new this morning. So if that's you, if you want Jesus, you want to trust him this morning, if that's you, just lift your hands high in this place. I want Jesus. I want Jesus in this place. I just want you to pray this prayer and say, Father God, man, I want you. Thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending your very best for me. I made it about myself. I made this story about myself, but today I want to make the story about you. God, I want to pour my life out to you. God, you know what? This world isn't my home. 
I want, I want the next world. I want to be rich in that world. I want to be rich to you, God. I want you to bless my life. God, use it today. God, I surrender to you. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey,